Welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Grimet, and today's episode is a little bit different because I'm speaking with Eric Emerson, who is a first assistant. And Eric and I have known each other for uh, probably 20 years now from back in our days in Florida. And um, he's just a great guy and he tells great stories, which is why I wanted to have him on and get the perspective of a first. Um, we had great conversation about all kinds of stuff, um, skydiving and camera trucks burning down and uh, close calls in camera cars doing stunts, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And it's interesting and hopefully you'll enjoy it. If you'd like to email me, you can email me at walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy. Uh, so here he is, Eric Emerson, Eric with a K, <laughs> my old friend from Florida, um, who is a yeah. first assistant. You're my my first non-Steadicam guest, so oh welcome. Oh, thanks, dude. And... Um, um, yeah, I just wanted to get a different perspective. I, I want to talk to some other people too, obviously. And <laughs> okay, um, obviously, I mean, I know- put a Steadicam on before, I, and I saw one once, like in the extras thing on a on a on a VHS tape on the behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked pretty cool. Didn't yeah, it? it was really neat. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you never took a workshop, did you? I did. Oh, you did? I did in Florida um, back in God dang ninety two or ninety three. I took one. Um, uh, what was the guy, what was the guy's name that had? Uh, it was like EFP or something like. Well, not yeah, EFP. No, um, John something. He was the local. Uh, he was the, the. He had a John doc, Atkinson. John A. No, no. John Atkinson's an operator. Mm-hmm. This guy had the. He was like the Fisher Dolly rep. Mm. I forget his name. Uh, he had his outfit over at uh, over at uh, uh, Disney MGM Studios or whatever that was. So he was doing a, he was doing a Steadicam course because he had a 3A and a uh, and an EFP that were rental items mm. of his. And um, uh, Jerry Hill came in and conducted it. Oh uh, really? Yeah. So Jerry cool. Hill. Um, and uh, what's uh, uh, Rich Davis actually helped out a lot. That's where I met Rich. And Rich was flying his Model One at the time, his model modified Model One. And so that was actually the very first Steadicam I put on was Rich Davis's really? Model One, huh? Which he bought from a guy named Tim Bellin, mm-hmm. who is a DP that I've done a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff with. So and yeah. also an extraordinary, extraordinary gifted uh steady cam yeah very yeah. good i've seen yeah it's what what you do ridiculous so good how good that guy is did you guys do californication together um maybe a couple of seasons maybe um i know tim did that i don't recall uh, i don't recall if he was there during my uh my seasons Oh, well, you know, aside from the last one, he was a DP on the last season. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My, my, I thought I remember My advanced you years, my, uh, my memory is somewhat <laughs> somewhat foggy. And uh, so the cobwebs are, uh, the cobwebs are kind of starting uh-huh. to cluster up in well, there. Well, how many, seasons, <laughs> how many seasons did you do with that? Because um, I, lo- I got to tell you, I love the show. Yeah. It's like uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, it was a, it was that was that was a fun uh, that was a fun little universe that one. Um, 
It was a planned six. They actually did a seventh season because it was basically paid for, I guess. Mm. Um, and I didn't do. I didn't do seasons two or three. I did about half of one, four, five, and six, and then all of season seven. And the reason a half, um, the the DP on the first six seasons, Mike Weaver, was in such demand that his shows were overlapping. Uh-huh. And so I was kind of on Weaver's B team. So either I would get the next show started during that overlap, <laughs> gotcha. or his A team would go get the next show started, I'd come in and finish it up. Got and it. so it typically uh, with Californication the the and and the shows were I think uh, Notes from the Underbelly was one, and uh, Parenthood uh, would have been the other. Um, Another great show. Yeah, and also also a lot of fun. But um, they they would overlap about half a season's worth of uh, Californication. So. That's so weird. So was he leaving to go do another show? Uh, not typically. I mean, if he could have cloned himself, I'm sure he would have been down for it. But well, but he why would, would t- he would he would generally finish up the show that he started. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't leave it. He'd finish the show that he started, and then have one of his trusted guys lead the next uh, lead the other lead the other uh, series. Um, sometimes it would be his operator. Sometimes it would be another DP. And then he would come in. And then he'd when come he in finished and, and take he, back over again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they let him do that. He was in high demand. Yeah. He he was. <laughs> Mike's Mike's a cool cat. So is he? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know him. I yeah. I'd like to. Um, he didn't shoot anymore. He was. Um, I I met Mike Ga- Mike Weaver. He was a gaffer on uh, on um, Malcolm in the Middle. Mm. And. Next thing you know, he's a DP on Malcolm in the Middle. Next thing you know, he's uh, he's you know he's traveling the country. Next thing you know, he's in in uh, the ASC. Next thing you know, he's got you know Parenthood. Right, right, right. He's got uh, you know, uh, uh, geez, uh, again uh, Californication, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Californication, he started directing. Now that's his main main trip. He's a he's a producer and a director. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. That's yeah. cool. Huh. Um, well, you mentioned 92, 93 when you did a right. steady camp thing. Is that, you were in the business already? Mm-hmm. Or uh, when did you start in the business? Um, got my first paying gig at the end of 91. And uh, that's, I'd gotten out of University of Florida earlier that year. Mm-hmm. And it was and you bizarre. grew up in Gainesville, right? I didn't grow up there. I just went to school there. Oh, was that all? Yeah, no. Oh. I'm just uh, I'm a I'm a southeastern mutt. <laughs> um, I grew up in uh, mainly uh, North and South Carolina, and then as a I teenager, didn't know that. as a young teenager, moved to like thirteen or fourteen. We moved to Florida. I moved to Florida in 1980, mm. and um, and I was there until I don't know when did I come out here. End of '02, mm-hmm. so 22 years in Florida. So bounced same, around. actually. Yeah. Same here, because I moved back to Florida in 1980 and mm-hmm. then left in 02. Oh, yeah. Oh, that um, was you. you. You probably passed me. Yeah. I saw you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I drive fast. It was hard to recognize back then because my hair was short. But That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I was skinny, so. <laughs> was, <laughs> was it, was it, it wasn't film school at Florida, right? Uh, like not exactly. No, not exactly. Uh, well, I 
first off, when I went to uh, when I went to college, um, you know, I was an undecided major, um, and I I was older than all the other uh, freshmen. Mm-hmm. I was twenty when I started. Oh, okay. And um, and I was also uh, I don't know I uh, I was a hardcore skydiver back then. And I, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I started that when I was 16. And um, and uh, so once I went to college, now I don't really have a, a source of, of, of income. And the only way I could continue jumping, the only thing I could do to support the habit, really, was to put on a camera at the, at the drop zone where I, was, uh, where I was active, which was about uh, 45 minutes or so away from Gainesville, a little mm. town called Palatka. Oh, was it in Palatka? <laughs> yeah, I jumped in Palatka a lot, man. And my second jump uh, was in Palatka, and yeah, and the next thing you know, I was Florida. like, yeah, Oof. yeah, good stuff. <laughs> and um, um, so they they had the drop zone had a had this is back in uh, eighty seven nineteen eighty seven mm-hmm. the drop zone had a uh, had this VHSC camcorder bolted to a Protec skateboarding helmet. <laughs> And, uh, and well, you know, put this on and if you're any good, you know, we'll pay you five bucks a jump. I'm like, I'm done. And, you know, the weird thing is. Was I, it really five bucks a jump? That's what I, I, the free jump plus five bucks. And, wow. Yeah. And, you know, that's big money for a, for a broke college student who had none. I guess so. So, um, <laughs> um, and it was, you know, it was mainly a training aid and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the weird thing is, you know, I had kind of always had an interest in 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 photography and filmmaking and all that but you know that was one of those things that was untouchable you know that's what the people in hollywood do they're born into it right you know you, you we're you know we're rednecks down in the uh down in the southeast and, right. uh, and you can't do that you should go into construction um <laughs> right which kind of i did for a little while <laughs> and uh and um and so all of those variables uh in in photography didn't make sense Mm. And then suddenly when I put this uh, this helmet-mounted camera on, and uh, mind you, these things are a lot bigger than GoPros, um, suddenly those variables kind of made sense. Mm. And um, and it's it's hard to explain how it all clicked, but it, it clicked shortly after I put that camera on. Hmm. And I was also instantly as good as or in some cases better than some of the established guys on the drop zone. Oh really? So that was the that was kind of the light bulb. Huh. Maybe this camera thing is mm-hmm. is something real. You had and, no way of monitoring, right? Um not during the shot, no. Right. Um, but you, you know knew you what just kind of generally. Yeah, basically you do and right. you know, and and there's a guide that you use for your center point. Mm. Uh, it's basically it's 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 like an adapted old bazooka sight. Is it like sticking out? No, no, no. It's a thing that covers up one eye, and uh, and um, we used a th- we used a uh, gadget called a uh, Newton ring sight. Newton rings being kind of interference rings, mm. and there is some science on how the Newton ring sight works. Uh, it's calcite sandwiched between a couple of circular polarizers, mm. and the effect that that has is you get. Uh, concentric circles that are sort of focused at infinity, just whatever you're looking at. So mm. you can align those content, those concentric circles to the center of your frame. 
And so whichever your dominant eye is, you'll put that ring sight over it and you, know, you get a monitor or whatever. Look what, uh, look what your center frame is. Align the mm -hmm. concentric circles to it. And bam, you've got you've got that reference. Hmm. Now there is a little parallax adjustment because uh, you know your eye is in your skull, and hopefully, well, most people's eyes. Some sometimes it comes out. There was a story of my dear old dad seeing a guy get him sucked out oh, on an boy. aircraft carrier, but that's you know that happens when you walk in front of an engine. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, generally speaking, your eye is in your skull. And, uh, and, and the lens on your video camera is not. Uh, this one was actually above the skull. So uh, uh, I get it. I get it. It's not exact. So there is, so at distance, um, you got a, you got a center frame reference, but as you get closer to something, you sort of have to build in a compensation. And that's something I kind of naturally did. Right. Which sort of, sort of helped. Uh, well, it points to you being, I don't know. Uh, a little predisposed to I camera guess, type stuff for or whatever tuned you know? in i guess I <clears throat> yeah um so so, so anyway what uh, <laughs> no oh i was gonna say anyway that uh uh, uh did that and and kind of fell in love with it and yeah. and uh, watched other guys work and why why does that guy's stuff look so much better than mine it's not technique it's mm. it's it's oh he shot on film Got it. And there's a okay, so there's a palatable difference between film and right back then video. Right. And um uh and you so saw I gotta for do yourself that. what I the difference do that. was, right? Yeah, I yeah, gotta yeah. do that. And so by the time I got out of it, and by the time I really started pursuing a career in you know, the film industry, my my free fall camera rig was eighteen pounds. It was this. It was this full face, full head, full face helmet rig that I had modified and cut chunks out and hinged and strapped. And you all told this me stuff. A, you yeah. showed me a picture many years yeah. ago. I I don't know if that was the one or not. But yeah, probably. It it's, cool. I don't have many pictures from. Uh, it's uh, crazy from that time. Well, oddly enough, I was a photographer then, and I don't have any pictures. Okay, wait, that. real quick though, since you're talking about skydiving. <laughs> I am not a skydiver, but you did tell me a story, didn't you? Once you tried to create a wingsuit that mm -hmm. you like made yourself, mm -hmm. but then once you jumped, realized you couldn't reach your. Well, no, it was something like that. Something <laughs> like that. So first off, it was not the wingsuit in the sense of what the guys are doing now, where they're flying. No, you just tied some fabric and stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, um, so for jumping with a camera if you're if you're if you're kind of a dedicated photographer you want to you want to be able to have some range in free fall you want to be able to fall slower than your subject or faster than your subject of course right you can shoot from above or from and below and you want to be able to and change you be while able, you're falling and you want to be able right. to have that range and you right. want to be able to do it fairly quickly sure um you uh you also um and it's kind of it's kind of hard to explain without without a visual reference but if you fall in a head high position you're naturally going to slide backwards mm -hmm. at relative to something that's that's uh falling, straight, falling down. straight down sure yeah so you'll have a tendency to, to to go backwards so if you get below a subject you're going to naturally tip your head up and you could slide backwards uh -huh. so what the wings did is they ran from the uh, right around the cuff on mm -hmm. the wrist down to down to the waist, or in my first set, down to uh, just above the knee. Um, they 
if you use them right, you can they'll they'll provide a little bit of forward compensation, so you can fly head high uh, and still fly straight down. Got it. And uh, and that's enormously helpful when you're below your subject, sure, when you're right. flying underneath your subject. And uh, and so anyhow, I made a set. It's kind of how I learned how to sew was modifying parachute equipment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, eh, nothing to it, right? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I was testing my wings out. Uh, again, I was a broke college student back then. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I was also a jump master, meaning right. I could I could take students up and and critique their uh, critique their uh, their performance and, mm-hmm. you know, and teach stuff, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. I was kind of a it was just one step below an instructor. Okay. And uh, and so a load of a load of static line students, static line meaning you leave the aircraft, your parachute opens for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a load of static line students, three students, that would get me up to thirty five hundred feet. And uh, thirty five hundred feet, that's a good amount of free fall time till you get to the uh, to the floor, which at my level of experience at that time was two thousand feet. Mm-hmm. You should have a parachute over your head by two thousand feet. Mm-hmm. So. Um, let's see. I didn't have an altimeter on, but I could sort of judge altitude. And and yeah, you, know, you clock seems important. Yeah, you clock the the cloud bases and these sorts of things. You get visual references. And at the level of experience that I had at the time, I sort of knew what the trees looked like at around two thousand feet. I get it. I also knew what they looked like at a thousand feet. So uh, I wanted to put the maximum amount of stress that I could on the wings. And before I went up in the aircraft, I had done all kinds of practice pulls to make sure I could reach around this wing to get the to get the handle on the pilot chute, which is the thing you throw out to 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 open your parachute. Sure. It acts like an anchor in the air. You fall away from it, it extracts your parachute. Um, and the pilot chute was mounted on the back of the leg strap, so it's right down there by the by the haunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, and my wing went past that. Mm-hmm. So I had to reach around the wing, mm-hmm. and I had done all of this practice stuff where I feel the bottom of the container that the, the parachute's in, follow the things down. I know where the handle is. I know where it is. Okay. Boom. <laughs> we go to altitude. Uh, put my third student out, reel the static line bag in, out the door I go, and I stand on my head because I, uh, I, I want as little resistance right, in the air as I can. Straight down I want to go you. as fast as going I as fast can as you to can. put the maximum right. stress on these things. Right. And I'm also thinking, well, I'm going to get maximum speed on this. Uh, I'll take it a little under 2,000 feet. Okay. And um, I took it to, I don't know, around 1,200 or so. I was immortal back then, by the way. And uh-huh. um, um, eh, that looks like about 1,200 feet. I extended my arms to I slow sat down. up to you know to slow down to put that stress on the wings to see if uh, there were any changes in heading or if I went into a spin or anything like that see if my my stitching held up and it all worked fantastic boom head high uh held heading great open well the one thing i didn't consider <laughs> mm-hmm. was the wind flapping that wing that slack wing around sure and so while i'm trying to grab the grab my handle uh the wing is slapping my hand away Mm-hmm. And well, that was getting kind of serious, and so I'm fumbling with that, fumbling with that, fumbling with that, and then you know, again, describing it all takes way longer than it took. I get it yeah. in actual time, but um, yeah, uh, 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 kind of a mental alert went off, saying, "You know, dude, you're low. You're falling at 200 feet a second mm-hmm. at 1,200 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
look where you are. Mm -hmm. And in like an instant, I looked at the ground and uh, I could see where I was going to hit. I could see the perspective changing on the trees. And, uh, and I started reaching in for my reserve. And before I got my hand on my reserve, I hit the ground. No. Um, <laughs> before I got, squirrels were running out of the way, man. No, before I, uh, before I got my hand on the reserve, I got my hand on the main. So I pitched the main, boom, main opened. And, uh, and my ride under parachute was less than 30 seconds, which at that time was a very short parachute ride. Parachutes are not as fast then as they are now, mm. and uh, yeah, that was a that was crazy. A, that man. was a life experience. Crazy. Anyhow, that's all the skydiving stuff. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. sort of got me into. That sort of got me into. No, cameras. that's cool. It's an interesting way to get yeah. to get into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, okay, so that was a dangerous uh, incident. Tell me about a dangerous incident. You know, I, I don't know what project this was on, but I remember you telling me a story a long time ago. Um, and I'm wondering if this would happen again today, but um, you were doing some car stunt stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you remember the story? I uh, think I do. Okay. Um, uh, Knight Rider. Okay. It's a reboot of Knight Rider. Right. And um, yeah, that was, and and uh, and I was doing that with um, uh, second unit DP on that is 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 a guy I've been with since the film Monster. Of course, he's no longer a DP. He's a director and a uh, and a producer now, and also starting a film studio in Greece. Um, but uh, but his name is Steve Bernstein, and Steve was uh, Steve was shooting the second unit on Knight Rider. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the name of the the second unit director. He was he was an old timer. He would tell stories about uh, working on Cool Hand Luke and stuff like that. Oh wow! So yeah, that's kind of good stuff. Cool. And uh, and he kind of talked through his teeth like this because he had broken his jaws so damn many times. So he was the next so, stunt guy. Yeah, yeah. And, Got it. Uh, so anyhow, um, we had we were up kind of in the grapevine area. We had a uh, we had a shot maker sort of thing um, with uh, Steve he, Steve Bernstein. He owned a Technocrane at the time, so we had a Technocrane on the shot maker. Um, I was with uh, another Steadicam guy, um, uh, Andy Shuttleworth. That mm-hmm. was our. That was the operator I was with, and we had the we had the crane um, on the front of the shot maker, whatever the, the the vehicle was. There's that little outrigger out there. We had a stabilized head on that, like a Scorpio head or something. Mm-hmm. And Steve, the DP, was operating that camera up on the front of the vehicle. The first AC on his camera is Kobe Garfield. Kobe was up there, and then the head tech was up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were some other uh, hard-mounted cameras and so forth, and we uh, we had a we had there's an old highway that's just to the uh, west of Interstate Five up in that area that is closed, so we had complete access to the highway. And the stunt was there was a tractor trailer in the southbound. Uh, the southbound lanes mm-hmm. um, that had a special uh, had a special jackknife rig on it, so it could do a preset jackknife okay. for effect. Mm-hmm. And the Night Rider car, it had two configurations. One configuration was this big hot rod sort of thing with slicked wheels on it, and the gag was that the Night Rider car was going to pass the tractor trailer, spin 180 degrees, 
and then stop the tractor trailer nose to nose. That was how it was planned. Okay. And then, of course, we've also got atmosphere cars and so forth that are driven by uh, other stuff. How fast drivers. is I, th- I I think it was... It wasn't really that fast. Can't I remember be. we undercranked a little bit, and I think it was something like, tw- whoa, I don't know. It was supposed to be 20-something miles an hour. We might have actually done it at 30 or 40-something. Well, you're doing I, a I stunt, so they, they always go faster than they say they're going to. Yeah, well. <laughs> Seems like. To their credit. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the, uh, the, uh, uh, we're rolling, and, and we are in the, with our shot maker, we are in the outside lane on the northbound. Mm-hmm. pair of lanes on this highway that okay. we own. So there's a, there's a, between our vehicle and the stunt, there is uh there is a lane and the median. Sure. Okay. So boom, off we go. And, uh, Oh, so it's happening on the other, so they're on the south they're, lane. They're on the south lane. Oh, they're on the north okay, lane, basically driving against traffic if there was traffic. There was the occasional drive-by car that was, atmospheric it was stunt drivers it was got it planned. got it got it and uh we go to do the stunt and um uh what could possibly go wrong well the driver of the i think it was what's the name of the car kit mm-hmm. the driver of the kit car um well they spun a little more than 180 degrees mm-hmm. and uh and wound up going perpendicular to us he crossed the median and while he's crossing the median his hood flew up and blasted against the windshield oh, so now no. he's, he's blind um this is he's like trying out to, of a movie yeah he's trying <laughs> kind of think about this um i'm sure there's some outtakes they could put a little sequence together but um they uh the hood came up blocked the windshield uh our driver of course, saw what was going on, and he did this cool brake ex- brake turn acceleration maneuver, which basically it shifted all the weight forward and stuck it on the front wheels, buried the buried the front wheels into the pavement so they'd get a grip. Uh, and he shifted a lane just as the Night Rider car was passing in front of us. Now remember, there's three guys exposed up on it. the front yeah, of the yeah. on the front of the uh, shot maker. And uh, everything, everything kind of came to a halt. Uh, the driver of the stunt vehicle was okay. I jumped off because Kobe was Kobe was one of my guys, um, and I brought him onto the I brought him onto the job. Got to make sure <laughs> my people are okay up in the front, alive. And uh, and I I ran around the front of the vehicle once they had given the all stop, and I got there as Kobe was stepping off, and then his legs gave out, and he kind of. He was freaked. He kind of collapsed onto the uh, onto the pavement. Uh, Steve, the DP, was kind of in a daze, saying, I, I, could, "I could I could only think about my son. I, ju- I just kept thinking about my son." Mm. And um, and I don't remember what the uh, what the head tech was was uh, was saying, um, but evidently he had let out a, a little bit of a a little bit of a wail because he was he was actually he turned out to be the closest person to the vehicle mm. uh, how the, close was it um we had had on the corner post on the uh passenger side the corner post of that front rig we'd had some excess bnc uh cabled up and 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 you know tied down mm. on that corner post and uh the 
the insulation and shielding on one piece of BNC was ripped off. Was ripped off. That was the that so was the he contact. Was literally, so like a it, half an inch. It was inches. Crashing the whole thing. Fractions of seconds for you know of of unbelievable uh, of, of clipping that. Ooh. So uh, so uh, they re-engineered the stunt, and, and we all worked. had a we all had a good day. It took a little while to decompress off of that. Um, no one was hurt, and um, and we made our day. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. That actually was not the story I was thinking of, Eric. <laughs> but I'd never wow. heard that one before. Well, more specifically, the reason I want to ask, because it gets into a little more of the technical stuff with, uh-huh. with assisting. There was a story you told me about a stunt thing gone wrong where the guy, there was mud, and the guy floored it mm. and saved the car from hitting anybody, but sprayed mud all over the camera. No, that's, that's not that's, you. That's not me. Oh shoot, maybe me. it's it might be Josh or something. I can't. Yeah, it's an old me. story I heard. Oh, okay, then never uh, mind. I, I've never worked in mud. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not on your days off. Anyway. Yeah, wow. <clears throat> yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, first, uh, first assisting really is not completely dangerous. You know, with our death defying skydiving and uh, car stunt, uh, car stunt. <laughs> You're uh, just a dangerous storing. guy. Uh, no, well, no, speaking no. of danger, you did a movie in India. Uh, yes, I did. Again with Steve Bernstein, I believe. Uh-huh. And um, a couple of interesting things happened to you. Uh, I feel. know you got, was it kidney stones? <laughs> I did. Uh, not going to make a big oh, We don't need to go into that, that yeah, but you had, you had to have some yeah, surgery. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah, India, yeah. which. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but the other thing was the was the the camera truck burning down. Yes, that happened too. <laughs> that happened too. Why that was, was that was one of a few things that happened? Why yeah. why was the camera truck burned to the ground? Um, well, it depends on it depends on uh, who you who you uh, talk to. Well, I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, I'll 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 say first. Um. That that film that was called One Night with the King mm-hmm. uh, was a it was a period thing uh, like biblical era it was a, a uh, if you can imagine such a thing it was a Christian retelling because it was paid for by uh, the the God Chasers Network or something it was a Christian retelling God Chasers yeah Network. yeah I'm like you got to chase okay all right. So you're not um, just making a name up. It was something no, like that. No, it was oh, literally so like that. Yeah. Okay. Book, uh, it was based on a book by uh, Tommy Tenney. And um, uh, all these names are coming back to me, man. Um, it, it was a Christian retelling of the story of Esther. So okay. So there was, you know, I, I how accurate it was. I I don't know. It seemed to make uh, pretty good sense. Right. Um, it was uh, a, a crazy supporting cast: uh, Omar Sharif, um, oh. Peter O'Toole. Wow! Uh, yeah, John Rhys Davies. Wow, yeah. cool. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool, and um, um, yeah, uh, the truck caught on fire <laughs> one day. Uh huh. I think maybe someone said we should burn the short ends, and someone else took it literally. Mm. Probably not. Um, there, the official, the official explanation on that mm-hmm. is uh, is that there was an electrical short, mm. and uh, and that electrical short caused the fire on the camera truck. Um, 
I mean, it happened in the middle of the night, right? Not during, it, not yeah, when you in the, were in the wee hours. Not yeah. when you were working. Right? No, not while we were working. Uh huh. Um, but the uh, the electrical fires are really fascinating when there's no electricity. The camera truck was actually a cargo container bolted down to a flat, gigantic flatbed. Oh, jeez. So we, we had to get in and out of the camera truck, we had built a ramp that was 16 feet long oh my God. in order to get in and out of the camera truck. Because it was super high. Because it was really high. Oh yeah, my it's, God. You know, it was over your head. So... Um, and so there's no electricity. There's no, no electricity. Unless you're parked we and run you run. A, run a cable to the lights that... That uh, that you know Electric you got you got clipped into the right. you got clipped into the dark room. Right. That's basically it. Um, Your chargers, maybe. And yeah, and uh, and well, we generally charged. Uh, we didn't charge batteries on the truck, um, but because that's another that was another rigmarole. We had to have voltage stabilizers and converters and so forth. Oh, we brought geez. the cam. Most of the camera gear came from uh, came from here. Mm. And, um, yeah, we get, uh, we're at breakfast, uh, one morning, it was a Monday, we were at breakfast, uh, getting ready to go to work, and, uh, the line producer, um, a great guy named John Nelson, um, John came over to, uh, to Steve, the DP, and said, I gotta talk to you right now. <laughs> huh. All right, this could be interesting. And the two of them went off to one side of the restaurant at the hotel mm -hmm. while the rest of us are going, ooh, what can it be? What's happening? What's going on? And we right. look over, and I see Steve standing there with one hand on his forehead. I'm going, all right, well, this is going to be interesting. Was it any of Steve's gear? Uh, yes. Like yes. cameras and stuff? Um, his Yes. He had a uh, he owned a uh, uh, movie cam compact. We shot mm. the film on movie, movie cams. Mm. And he owned, he owned a an ingenue. Uh, was it the four point two to one or something? We call it four to one. Mm -hmm. um, Seventeen and a half to eighty ingenue. He owned yeah. that, and uh, and a pair of uh, of Cook S fours. And that's the only that's the only a pair or a set. No, a pair. He had like a, a couple of wide ones or something. Two, no, he had a one hundred and a forty. I, so it would just fold those into the set and he'd get a rental on those got it so I, how he came up with a 140 i don't know but um but he did yeah and got it. and those are fantastic focal lengths anyhow um we use those mm, those lenses get used a lot mm -hmm. so uh uh yeah um Steve goes off and John comes over and says okay guys here's what's going on there was a fire on the camera truck and uh, <laughs> all right, well, let's see what uh, let's see what uh, what we have to uh, look forward to. Um, yeah. Uh, so wait, you some, went on the truck and everything was just crispy. Well, by the time we got there, the fire department had already put the fire out, um, and we had picked up we had picked up uh, some crew in India. Mm -hmm. And so our C camera, first off, the, the A camera team uh, was, uh, was a legendary operator named Mike Ferris. Mm -hmm. um, he, he, he started out like with Orson Welles or something. Mm. And uh, his, his, main, his big break as an operator was uh, with John Alonzo on Scarface. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he was a camera. The a camera uh, first, uh, Jessica Moscow from Vancouver, BC, 
uh, the A-Camera second, Amy Gibbons from Vancouver, B.C. Um, I was there with B-Camera Steadicam, uh, Grayson Austin. Mm-hmm. And my seconds were kind of local guys. Mm. And then we had a third camera that we hired in India. We had a 435 that we had gotten in India. And uh, and that came with, you know, if you rent a car in India, it comes with a driver. So the 435 came with techs and boom operators. And, it know, came with a boom operator? Back, yeah, boom operators in India are considered part of the camera team. Got it. Yeah, two loaders um, and, you know, some battery carrier so guys. once you hire that you're, yeah you've so got, those guys were already on the scene mm-hmm. and pulling gear off the truck by the time we got there ah and we spent the day assessing the damage some stuff was crispy so in some cases uh, literally the cases burned and mags melted and uh i remember we had a 400 nikor or something or a cannon whatever i forgot but uh, uh, the case was just melted all around that. It was a Pelican case, and it was melted oh, all around wow. it. So that one, that lens was done. Steve's was not directly in the fire, but um, it uh, you can't use anything. Because, first of all, you, what's in the water that the Indian Fire Department is spraying on the camera truck in this rural part of, of India? Course. So there's that. Um, and and the know, answer is a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, well, it's uh, unknown stuff, stuff of unknown origin. Well, origin in India, but, but you know, more you than know. let's just say it's more than water. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was not. Uh, it was not. It was not. They didn't have their. It's not drinking didn't, water. Didn't have a Culligan man there. Right. So, right. Um, so yeah, uh, some stuff was yeah, just exposed to smoke. Mm-hmm. So in the case of, excuse me, in the case of, uh, of Steve's lenses, um, those just have to be, it, it, we could open the cases and nothing really looked too melted on them. There was definitely some smoke damage on one of the cases. I think there was some charring on the, uh, on the four to one case, but, but, and maybe a little bit of melty of the, of the, of the, the padding inside the case, mm-hmm. the foam in the case, but the lens looked okay Still, it requires a total rebuild. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you don't know what it has been exposed to. In other words, you just have to open it and at least look at everything. You can look at it and take a quick assessment because the other thing thing is is there's a legality involved. Um, All of the equipment we brought into India, um, if it was going to be left there, would be charged 100% duty for its value. Sure, of course. So you have to have... A paperwork showing that you're going to re-export that equipment, right? All right, and then re-import it and all that well, stuff. Well, right? you 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 import it into India, and then you have to prove that you're going to re-export it. I get it. it. I and get then it. you're not you, no, you're not bound that. to yeah, the yeah, to yeah. the duty. Yeah. And, uh, and so, what you guys do? So just send it all back? And well, then... sort of, but there was first off, it's it's item by item, and now the equipment because of some of it being melted and fused together and whatnot or completely destroyed mm-hmm. no longer matches the manifest of the gear that we brought in. So that requires uh, paperwork from the, the fire police. department. Well, the, sure. yeah, there was, there was no fire marshal. Um, fire but whatever. Marshal wasn't allowed, you need but proof yeah. that it burned. Right. So we had to have it. an yeah. insurance people came out and it was kind of a rigmarole. Um, I had to, uh, uh, while the A-camera team went back to the hotel to, uh, to order a new camera package mm-hmm. and whatever personal gear got mangled, um, uh, I was on the scene sort of categorizing 
the gear and and mm. reboxing it up and loading it onto a loading it onto a different cargo vehicle. Mm. Um, and it sat for three weeks before we were able to ship it off. So that's how long it took to get the police report. All the paperwork. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Required. Huh. Yeah. So and how long were you down? Uh, a week. A week. One week. Mm. Um, one week to the uh, the. Uh, this was on a Monday. How the hell did you get gear? In well, there's a week? there's there's uh, twelve and a half hours. India is twelve and a half hours ahead of of uh, L. A. All right. So why the half hour? Because India doesn't want to be on the same time zone as Pakistan. Rightfully so, I guess. Anyhow, um, <laughs> um, the uh, the. So our evening over there is morning time here. I, I, it's not. It's not about. It's not about them packing stuff up. It's, no, no, no. I've sent stuff to other countries. Yeah, and it has to go through customs. So right. they're like, yeah, in two weeks we'll release it from right, customs. Right. Well, you can. You can. You can. It you costs. Can grease, it just costs can, a lot. You just gotta. Of palm you just money. gotta. Yeah. You can grease palms. Okay. Fine. And so uh, um, that basically that Monday morning here, our Monday evening in uh, in India. Uh, the rental house got the uh, got the call to replace all the gear, mm-hmm. and uh, and we we wanted to ship by I don't remember if we were trying to I think we were trying to ship end of day Tuesday in order to get it to us seems reasonable so yeah so I'm calling guys up to prep the camera and throw it together and because it's you know we had had a week long prep for the for the for the feature but. We needed to throw this gear together in like two days. Of course, and then everybody's <laughs> going to understand when you need you need five minutes to sort something out yeah, on set. Yeah, because at least you have cameras that you can roll with mm-hmm. and, and use. And so, yeah, the gear arrived. Crazy. The gear arrived at our location on that Sunday. We spent that Sunday prepping as much as we could, and then Monday we started shooting again while still prepping some of the gear. Sure, for, I for guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were Crazy. basically down for uh, we were basically down for a week. Crazy. Um, so the 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 film, you know, while it may not be my favorite film to watch, um, I also have to say it was the best experience I've ever had on a film in my career. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was certainly the, an it was adventure, huh? Yeah, and, even with getting and, sick and stuff. Huh? Yeah, yeah, completely. And all of the all of the battles that we had to fight in order to get this thing done, and uh, yeah, we were we were the band of brothers and sisters, and. Um, yeah, we're still all we're still all very tight, you know. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Let's let's um let's take one minute for a beer break. Okay. Um, okay. So um, I wanted to ask you about uh, oh, a, a couple of things. One, you did a Tom Petty documentary. I did. I saw yeah. that on IMDb. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was actually really cool. Was it? Um, and. One of the uh, Peter Bogdanovich directed that, and well, let's see where should I start on that because part of this story goes back to my days at UF, barnstorming as a skydiver. Really? Yeah. Well, so, Tom Petty's from Gainesville, right? Yeah, he's kind of a local hero there. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't know um, was that his uncle mm-hmm. had a motion picture lab. Or I should rephrase that. I should say there there was a small motion picture lab in Gainesville mm-hmm. in the 1980s, early 90s, that Tom Petty's uncle owned and ran. Wow. And I suspect that lab was there from the days when local news was 
shot on 16 millimeter film. Sure, there was lab everywhere. So yeah, so I had to develop the stuff to get it on the air. Mm-hmm. And so I suspect that's what the, what that lab was uh, was there for. And they were probably there was just kind of a small on. yeah, and there was a small film program at uh, at UF, and uh, so we just you know I'd hop on my bicycle and drive right across town and drop film off. We'd shoot reversal stuff and. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, his name was Earl Jernigan. It was Jernigan, Jernigan Films, and mm-hmm. I had I had read an article shortly before I graduated in uh, in ninety one that Earl was Tom's uncle. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. So I just kind of kept that in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. And then I got this call to do uh, to do this documentary, and we shot it at Tom's house. He had a place in Malibu. Hmm. Um, and his guest house was his recording studio, mm. which is where we shot the interview stuff for the uh, for the Running Down a Dream uh, documentary, and and Ted Hayash was the uh, was the DP on that, and um, yeah, that was that was wild because the 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 guest house recording studio is also like a museum. Hmm. Tom is, you know, he was also a fan of. The music too, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's his livelihood, it's his work, right? And I came out of the interviews with a with a huge respect for his approach to his craft, mm. um, because it wasn't you know it wasn't the rock and roll party necessarily that people would associate with right. you know associate right, right, that right. lifestyle with. Yeah, um, it's it's well, he's a pretty well respected guy too. He wasn't known as like a party animal, I don't uh, think, but uh, he was uh, a star. No, so. that I don't know, but. But what I do know is that uh, he had, uh, he was a smart guy and a very creative guy, mm. and and uh, and really applied that to his work. Cool. And and you're you into know, music too. Oh yeah, so. totally, totally. Um, so what was kind of cool was in between setups, we'd taken a little break and stepped out into kind of the atrium area, and I started talking to Tom about his uncle, and he was floored. A that I knew uh, his uncle. B that I knew his uncle's name. I remembered his name, and then he starts telling stories about how the way his uncle had kind of gotten him into the music business when he's twelve years old. There's, you know, Earl says, "You know, hey Tom, I got to deliver some gear down to an Elvis movie shooting down in Ocala, so half hour south of uh, Gainesville, twenty minutes south of Gainesville. Uh, you want to come? Maybe you'll see Elvis." And Tom was, "Yeah," <laughs> and. Wow. When they get down there, this is Tom telling us this story because I said I knew his uncle. Because you had a connection yeah. suddenly. And yeah, so yeah. we get down there and, and and he says, yeah, um, uh, there's the trailer. There's Elvis's trailer and it's in between setups. So he's back in his trailer and there's this ocean of girls in front of the trailer. Mm-hmm. And... When they came and got him for came and got Elvis for whatever the next setup they were shooting, he opens the trailer and comes out, and this girls, this ocean of girls just erupts screaming, and twelve year old Tom is going, "Huh, I'm going to do that for him." <laughs> <laughs> that and looks like fun. Yeah, I, you know, that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's what he did. I was going to so. say, and he did it. He sure did it. I mean, yeah. he wasn't quite as big as Elvis, but. Uh, maybe not, but he's pretty um, gigantic. But um, I love his music. Yeah, yeah. When uh, when that news came last year, um, ah, so that sad. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah, yeah I, I think was, last year. 
I was I was genuinely I was genuinely bummed out about that. Me too, Cause, man. Because you know, on one on one hand, you know, there's there's a public persona that an artist puts out there and their body of work, but mm-hmm. then there's also the guy, yeah, uh, behind that. Mm-hmm. And I had you know it was just had for a, a few hours, but that. we had gotten that we had gotten that connection. Sure, and. and and even when even when we were done at the end of the day, and he's we shot there for a couple of days, but uh, when we were done at the end of the day, he 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 came over and he's like, "Man, I can't believe you knew my uncle, man. <laughs> so cool, you know? right?" So uh, yeah. So he was really cool, huh? Yeah, I thought so. I yeah. Thought so. Oh, yeah. that's good. I yeah. I I uh, I never got a chance to work with him or meet him or anything. No, but. and I got a call. I got a call once to do uh, actually on that same job. Uh, there was some concert stuff to shoot in San Francisco, and I got the call to do that. Mm. Um, but I was doing a commercial um, in Chicago with uh, with Toby Phillips, so mm. I was already I was already booked on that. So Toby Phillips, old time Steadicam operator, old Steadicam guy. Yeah, yeah. he was. He kind of he was. One of Garrett's early proteges, yeah, yeah, um, and I know you worked with him for years. I did, yeah, I um, did. That was um, was he out of Florida or something, or why was why was mm. that connection a thing? Well, or he just shot there a bunch. Yeah, um, I don't know because he was already kind of established as the Disney guy for their commercials and their b-roll and and so forth and just to just to just to clarify if if folks don't know who toby phillips is he's uh uh, he was a steadicam operator i think i think yentl was his first film (laughs) yeah and uh and and he did a whole bunch of music videos as a DP. He kind of that's where he sort of got his mm-hmm. you know got his uh, got his reputation going. He was Wayne Isham's uh, DP. Wayne Isham being major, 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 major. Oh, I didn't uh, know he music was Wayne video. Isham's Yeah, guy. yeah. Oh, wow. And um, um, so, and then he started. Uh, he became like a director cameraman because the money was really bigger. Mm-hmm. As the director cameraman, that's two line items that you're sure. that you're taking up your fee and your rate. Sure. Plus, he owned a bunch of equipment, so he's got those sure. line items as well. So, he was making he was making just in that just in that world, uh, he was making some serious uh, some serious bucks, um, you know, five figures a day. Good for him. And um, and uh, and he'd get a lot of work done in just a little amount of time. So. When I got on my first Toby Phillips commercial, I was a second AC back then, and and loading mags and so forth. And um, this would have yeah. been in or around Orlando. Yeah, correct? it was a Disney spot. It was definitely it was probably a, it at was a, Disney. It was at Disney. Okay, yeah, yeah, Disney yeah. commercial. Okay. And uh, and some of the some of the local folks there were you know oh god Toby yeah watch out around that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, whatever. And um, yeah, you just show someone respect and you should be good to go. And, uh, Should be not always true. Yeah, but but <laughs> well, yeah, in life. Even. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Toby made an effort to keep everyone on their toes. Uh-huh. Um, but there was a reason for that. It wasn't. I don't think it was completely. You know, I don't think it was necessarily self-serving. I think it served the served the jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, and I mean you know he'd throw some he'd throw some genuine curveballs at you and you know 
sometimes it hit him and <laughs> and uh -huh. uh, and yeah so there were there was one segment of the local crew there that was kind of you know intimidated by him mm -hmm. and I might have been at first because I was still fairly fairly green mm -hmm. at the time but I kind of figured him out pretty mm. pretty quickly and and the quality of the work that he was doing I thought was stellar given the amount of time that he was doing it in mm. and um, and fast and good yeah so but not cheap well yeah, <laughs> two out of three two out of three <laughs> 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 so yeah, <laughs> no, but I, I'm I'm always reminded how true that is, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, and well, that's you know, cool. The and then is, you moved up and was his first. Role. Yeah, well, uh, there was a local producer there that he was tight with, a guy named Jim Derusha. Okay. And and uh, Jim had a, a couple of production companies. Uh, Alpha Wolf comes to mind, mm -hmm. and I forget what. Uh, did you work for them at all? Maybe I remember the name for sure. Okay. Just I don't something know in the I way you said. Mm -hmm. No, I just was remembering that I remembered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, oh, if you said like conversion, I was actually or... treated well by Alpha Wolf and those guys. Yeah, but um, no, 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 no. I, yeah. I have, I have zero. I could, I couldn't yeah. say one way or the other. I, yeah. I, I may have worked for them once or something, yeah. but not much. I worked for a lot of other companies. I worked for companies out of LA a lot more than I did for companies out of Florida. Right. Well, I'm sure the same is true. For yeah. Um, you know, it was. In the case of these Disney things, it was a local company because Darusha had his connections with the marketing mm -hmm. departments at uh, at at the Disney parks. Sure. So, um, uh, yeah, Toby would come in oftentimes with a first AC, but not always, and uh, he'd often come with uh, one producer, and um, and we'd get shit done, and then. Um, I, I yeah did a bunch of spots with him there at the park, and then in 1997, uh, we flew over to Lisbon, Portugal, for the maiden voyage of the Disney Magic, their first cruise ship. Mm -hmm. So in '97, we did that, crossed the ocean on the uh, on the cruise ship while it was still under construction. So that was. Uh, that was fun. We're in a different time zone every day, and day wait, the ship was actually cruising, but the they were ship still was building it. Yeah, but there was still there was there was still outfitting some stuff and wiring They're some building stuff. stuff inside, yeah, inside right. the inside the ship, okay. but it was seaworthy. Yeah, well, and, you didn't uh, sink, so I guess. That and was. you know, we did we did one of the coolest one of the coolest setups I think I've that I've probably ever seen on a on a live action commercial on that on that job, and it was the only time that. Uh, Toby and his team were allowed to ask for course corrections on the ship because there was some other stuff going on on the ship that necessitated us moving at a clip. Uh, there were some storms in the Caribbean that were kind of on a um, you know a, a, a collision course with us, mm -hmm. and the refrigeration on the ship was failing. Oh, God. So yeah, the 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 you know I don't know what you call you're going to run out of food. Yeah, <laughs> what's down there is going to spoil got at it. a certain time. Got so it. we got to go. Um, and how long a trip was this supposed to be? I think we got it all done in like eight days. Yeah, but how was long eight, was it supposed? I think it was supposed to be eight days oh, okay. or eight or uh, ten days total or something. Okay. It took eight days to cross. Okay. And um um but 
the the shot that comes to mind that that the course corrections and stuff were offered on you know you gotta you gotta remember 1997 we didn't have gps in our phones or any of that stuff um but they did have the sun calculating software and um and you know i mean there was gps but it was a big hunky device Mm -hmm. and so the gaffer i think it was the gaffer who was uh who was radioing up to the bridge for the course corrections and we had gotten i think we had a 4 a.m call or something or 3 30 a.m call just to build the gear and run all the rehearsals to get it right because we only had one shot to get it right Mm -hmm. and it has to do with sunrise it has to do with this with that absolute with that moment that the sun peaks over the horizon Mm. and what the shot was is the camera is out on a crane off the side of the ship shooting toward the stern of the ship so that you have the the stern of the ship in the uh, on the left side of the frame with uh, with the you know, the morning twilight and the ocean behind it and, and the it. wake trail and so forth behind mm-hmm. it and the camera makes a move up the side of the ship past decks past people walking by and so forth and parks on the top deck uh, at a couple having a champagne brunch or breakfast or something Mm -hmm. and the camera settles just as the camera settles the sun peaks in between two glasses that are on the table that the two actors pick up and get out of here i'm serious holy cow yeah and so we got to run all of these rehearsals to get the time so that we know how long exactly how long it takes from action to the time that thing parks how do you time when that actual when it's that's pop. that well that's uh, how do you time when the sun's going to pop yeah. up by knowing exactly where you are and where the sun is right and what heading that you're on because you have to know where on the horizon that that sun is going to break and so the sun tracking software so they asked the so they told the so captain that's Turn where the they would make they would make s- corrections of x number of degrees in order to have that sun from the position of the camera right, that right, that right. sun pops center frame or wherever it is and, it, and it all worked perfectly frame. when you did and it and it worked perfectly that's crazy and so that was a wow <laughs> were you was done for the day moment. yeah well yeah, we were we were certainly done for a little while <laughs> and there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of cheering and back padding and all that I bet there was yeah uh, Todd Smith was the if you remember Todd Smith out of Orlando he was the, he I, was the d- I do he was the key grip on that and uh, and the guy operating the bucket on that crane huh. to make that thing happen so Todd cool. yeah this one's for you Todd yeah <laughs> right I saw him um Worked with him a lot. He had all the all the um, roller coaster attachments. Yeah, he was he was one of just a couple of guys who were approved by the Disney machine to do rigs on their rides. Right. To do safe and, rigs like, on TJ, their rides. Right? Yeah, I, I don't Day, recall do that, 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 that name. That name rings a bell. But I always liked when him. we went to Hong Kong, it was Todd who we brought. When we went to Hong Kong to do the Disney spot in uh, at Hong Kong Disney in '06, whenever that was, um, uh, Todd came with us for that because he know, was. The is guy. Hong Kong Disney still there? I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> no, I presume I, it is. I've been to given, Hong Kong a couple of times, but I've never even considered like. Well, I would never consider going to Disney. Anyway, yeah. But like. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they were. I think they were the the. I Disney just wouldn't know where China was in planning stages then or something. I, whether they'd broken ground yet, I don't know. Um, 
But I just wouldn't even know where it is on the island. That's it's my on. I want to say Lantau Island. That's the same island as the airport. I think, if memory serves. Uh, okay. Well, now you're making sense. Yeah. Because so serves. it's not on Hong Kong Island. Yeah. But it's in. Hon- I get it's, that it's in it's Hong Kong. It's called Hong Kong Disneyland. I, yeah. I get that, but yeah. it's but it's not. It's it's probably a half hour uh, ferry ride. Um, uh, yeah, I guess depending on where you're staying. <laughs> well, if you're yeah, it would from take the, from the ferry at Hong Kong, right? From we, the we've, from the north side of the island. Yeah, we would always. Uh, no, of course, we were side. staying. We were staying, of course, at a at a, at a Disney uh, at a Disney resort of while course, we were there. Right, but right. Um, we'd sh- you know, catch a ride in a in a in a shuttle van or whatever, and go into Hong Kong for dinner. And yeah, shuttle van. Huh. Yeah, I mean, we had we had dedicated shuttle drivers. Yeah, for yeah, us. yeah, yeah. But so we drive. If you were on, on that island with we didn't the ferry, there's no bridge. From yeah, we did not ferry. No, you subwayed then. Uh, maybe I got some pictures on a subway, but I don't. There is a subway yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and, I also yeah. know that we we drove. That we definitely you drove. Did really? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're That's way off right. track. That's all right. <laughs> That was that was actually that um, what Toby was was awesome on that one because uh, I also shot and directed a second unit on oh, you did? on that spot and oh, that I didn't was know that. yeah well I didn't know I was going to do that until I landed and uh, you know by the way you're going to shoot and direct a second unit and here's what we're going to pay you oh okay that's good that's a good deal really yeah yeah so I made a bunch more bucks than I good anticipated so it turned out so much better. Yeah, it was. So it was, he just surprised you with this. He did, but you know that came from building up years of. Uh, of course, of no, 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 no. It's just cool of him. Yeah, I just so, think it's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, um, Toby's all right. Okay, I have to ask you about Veep. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a big fan. I didn't know you'd worked on it. When did you work on it? Season five. And that was the first season here in L.A. They used to shoot it in Baltimore. Yeah. And then uh, we did season five. Uh, has that aired yet? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, six has aired. That has yeah yeah I've and watched then, them all but and then I can't. seven is kind of in hiatus because Julia is uh, overcoming an illness uh, she I think she's got a clean bill of health now she had breast cancer right I yeah. remember oh that's terrible yeah. gosh she's brilliant. she was so great I worked with her a couple of days uh-huh. on a that Christine old Christine show she had. Mm. She's just so funny and yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, uh, and I'm a giant, giant, giant Seinfeld fan. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the so and, and I'll tell you, I was super disappointed in Veep the first season. I yeah. didn't like it, and then it, but I kept at it because uh-huh. it's she's so good. Yeah. And season two is brilliant. Right. And I don't know if anybody else feels that way. Maybe I, they do. I don't know. My but. wife was really, really, really into Veep from the from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and I sort of watched it passively. But of course, once I became invested in the show, once you know we got the hey, you know, make sure you clear your schedule in October. Um, uh, yeah, I started catching up and kind of sure. getting getting an idea of the tone of the show. And the first off, it's a recreation of a British show, mm-hmm. and it's a British creator, a British showrunner. Armando, I forget his name. Yeah, Armando, Armando Iannucci. Yeah. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. I, I certainly remember the name Armando mm-hmm. uh, being thrown around, but uh, um, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Is the whole is the is the whole thing uh, handheld? Yes, every single always right. Yeah, th- uh, there are v- some specials that might be on it, but okay. uh, you know we don't even have a dolly, or we didn't have a dolly at all. Uh, we didn't mark the actors or anything like that, um, but. Does that so, for you as a first? Because we haven't talked a lot about yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nowadays, you're pulling off a Preston. You used to pull off. Yeah. You know, when's the last time you saw a whip? 
Yeah. Well, I actually, I did use one a couple of years ago for, for a specific application. It was a very specific shot, and I wanted to have the ability to snap the lens faster than the motors would go. Okay. So I still use the monitor as a reference, but I use the whip mm. um, uh, on the lens. But, yeah, that's, uh, um, wow. Uh, well, we'll get into we'll get into the technique in just a second. Uh, regarding regarding Veep, um, the showrunner David Mandel came in and took over for Armando. Is a brilliant writer, mm-hmm. and uh, and and there's a work ethic that he brought that um, I saw both sides of. In other words, hold on, hold on one sure. sec, Eric. I'm so sorry. I'm hearing weird noises. Mm. And I'm not hearing it on my end. It's not when I'm talking. Do me a favor, just talk a little. Checkity, 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 check. Hello. I'm hello, not hearing it hello. anymore. It was like, it was like I the was, squeaky. Did I you thought hear a little something. Voices over in the. Did other you hear s- something? I heard something, but it might have been on the other side of the wall there. Oh, okay. Anyway, right. sorry, right. <laughs> sorry about that. All right, sound engineers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, no, I'm not. I'm, I thought I thought it was like some kind of weird. Short or something, jiggling cables. I don't yeah, know. no, I don't is know. Is my phone up against this thing? Maybe I'll move the phone okay. over here. And yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, maybe that's. You're, I, yeah, you're I, fine. Yeah, I, I have no that. idea what it was. Anyway, yeah. anyway, I interrupted you. No, so. no, no. I was just so saying the guy. That, what was his that, name? That, it's David Mandel, who Julia knew from Seinfeld. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, so there's that little Seinfeld connection on, sure. starting on season five of Veep, and um, and one of the things about. Um, that show is that okay it's a half hour comedy right and it's a half hour comedy without commercials so you're thinking maybe 27 28 minutes of content on HBO Um, the scripts were typically 60 pages yes minute a page what's going to happen half of it or more is going to get cut out wow the shortest script we had was like 40 or 45 pages and that particular episode was the rare occasion that it was very much ad-libbed. Mm. Um, and that was the next to last episode of season five, uh, which was nominated for an Emmy. I don't know if that's the one that won or not. I don't recall. But anyhow, um, uh, so A, high page count every day, mm-hmm. 14 pages a day, thereabouts. Um, but very a lot of wordy. it is like one room talk 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 yeah talk, yeah talk, yeah talk, yeah, talk, yeah. Talk. but right. it's very wordy it's very you know and it's rapid fire very rapid fire. sure and and so what David uh, what David would do is you know, once we had one in the can then okay well we'll do a rewrite on the scene or let's throw some alts out there and they would just call alt lines in sure. and the actors would deliver those alt lines mm-hmm. in some cases the alt lines were way funnier than what was what was in the uh, what was originally in the script mm-hmm. um, and every scene was treated that way mm. um, every scene was given that amount of commitment with the rewrites and the alt lines and the full coverage and mm-hmm. and so forth even if by your best instincts you know there's no way that this is going to make the final cut of the of the show mm-hmm. so there's two sides of that one is you know god why are we you know god, right. let's we're go shooting home. double why what we, we could why are we shoot, just right? shooting okay but at the same time just speaking from myself i actually appreciate that commitment sure 
to a quality product. Well, and they're making something really good too. Yeah, it's not like they're shooting. Of, it's, and, and it's some hacky. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not serving any one person's or any group of people's egos. Mm-hmm. It's it's for the it's for the benefit of the show, so that mm-hmm. the best, the absolute best work. Right. Um, can happen right. now. That absolute best work is in the writing and in the performance. It's it, with that sort of page count handheld, three cameras. It may not be in the cinematography. Mm-hmm. So, so the lighting has to be done in such a way that y- you know you can you can you know, reach over and grab stuff really quick without seeing a light stand. Sure, of course. But at the same time, the operators also know the limitations of of the sets. Mm-hmm. And yes, the scenes are rehearsed. Yes, they are blocked, but they're not marked. Mm-hmm. Unless there is something that was that a, a mark absolutely specifically has to be hit on a you know one shot basis. I or get something. it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but otherwise, no marks. Yeah. And I'll also say that that the post on that was sending notes to the DP, going, "What's the deal with your first ACs?" Because this is the first time we haven't had to cut around missed focus. Mm. We're cutting based solely on performance. So that was kind of so they were was, super happy. That was kind of a nice note to that's a cool. nice note to have, and that just kind of comes from you know that it's it's you, you talk about Zen operating, you know Zen operating in Steadicam when you, you know you you just you just with it. You don't you don't really think about what your move is and how you're going to get there. You just do it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same sort of thing with, you know, Preston and monitor focus pulling. Once you sort of know the ring, you know, the, the, what the scale is on the ring, um, uh, the ring on the focus knob, your hand just goes there. You just do it. Right. And, and, and it can't, I can't, it's like wheels. Can't, if you think about them, yeah, you, you can't you'll screw say, it up. Exactly. And right. and I can't really explain it. Okay. And and there've been you know situations where I know someone's going to step into a frame, but I don't know where they're going to step in the frame, and I'm in a different room. And just when the moment's there, just zip, boom, you hit it, and they walk right into the focus. And I cannot explain how that happens. Now, I did miss sometimes, mm-hmm. but no, generally, generally it was that you know it was yeah it was I don't know. I cannot explain it. You just the only way I explain it, and and people, you know, will it sort of sums up what uh, what a focus puller's job is is you just twist it till it's sharp, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. It really, yeah. That's all you do. You twist it till it's sharp. Sure. The, where the expertise comes, but in. twisting it before they're there well, and making the ex- it sharp. The expertise is knowing what has to be sharp and when. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And why? Right. So, you know, that's how that's kind of how I that's kind of how I do it. And 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 I do speak about it in simple terms like that. I've you know, just twisted till it's sharp. And I've had people yeah. say, well, you know, such and such first AC. Uh, they'd be really upset if you said that. Well, sorry, pal. Um, well, I'm sure everybody has their own theory. Everyone and has, everybody has, everyone their, own has method. their methods. Yeah. There's if some it's people in focus. Who gives a shit how you did it? I, th- that's what I'm saying. I get what you're there saying. are some people who will disagree with that. I, I know. But. I think the end result is what matters. Sure. I think the end result. Well, obviously. It's like Ansel Adams. You know, Ansel Adams, it was about the print. It was not about the negative. Mm-hmm. So Ansel Adams would dodge and burn and do whatever he needed to do in order to create 
the, the perfect print, print in his in right. his right. in his mind. Right. And if the and negative looked like crap, he didn't care. It didn't matter because right. it's, it's the print that matters. There's a certain how you make the sausage thing going on. It's like who cares? Yeah. Like nobody wants to see that. They just want to see the That's people my in thing. focus. Yeah. And and yeah, the yeah. other the other benefit I I feel to the to the monitor pulling that again it's 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 a technique that has adapted over time. Mm-hmm. I used to pull off a onboard monitor on a on a uh, on a on a you know on focus knob. knob on the sure. on the on the lens, and um, I would still use that monitor as a reference because the chips. We're so unforgiving, especially in a three-chip system. You think, yeah. you know, guys, two-thirds inch chip. It's like pulling on. Uh, it's like pulling on sixteen, right? No, it's not. Right. No, it's not. Um, and you it know, my my it doesn't old, have that. What's that? That shoulder? That that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That it's softness like right up. It, 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 it's it, either in or it's out. Exactly. Right. And and that, in my mind, is a function of the 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 sensor is basically a grid. Mm-hmm. And that grid doesn't change. Right. Yes, you have some digital noise or even analog noise in there, but the grid itself does not change. And the finer that grid is, the more resolution that you have. Whereas on film, every frame is a unique composition of grain. Mm-hmm. Unique. And it's changing 24, fi- 24 Which is why times you a get second. That lovely there's a grain pattern yeah, motion yeah thing. there's this right. organic vibe to it right. this analog kind of vibe to don't it don't let ron baldwin hear you say organic oh yeah why well you used it in a totally i'm just kidding he uh, hates the term but oh, like right. when when the people anyway we talked about this <laughs> but like it, it, they're like oh just make it organic man it's like what does well, that mean just tell me what you want to do that's not a good direction i i yeah, know it's that's not. not a good direction that's that's but like it, telling word, an actor that's just, like telling an actor uh can you can you give me more energy well what, what does that mean right what does it mean right 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 right, right. it's it, you know that's a that's a really subjective term but in terms of in terms of uh, the flow of a grain pattern that resembles boiling sand at the bottom. Well, of it's a organic because it's organic. That's chemistry. organic. It is. Yeah. It, this, it's not. This, yeah. it's, I know. I was just. I was just, I was just giving you a little. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, not really. I yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, so if that grid remains constant, then there's no softening effect on the movement of those pixels, if right, you will, right. that you'll have in uh, in film. That's right. my theory, anyhow. And I'm sticking to it. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, I found uh, um, my old. I, I used to uh, in pulling focus. I kind of used a, a a weird zone technique that I again, it's really hard to explain. I would put a tape measure out into space, and that would just give me the mental say six or seven feet or eight feet or whatever it is. And uh, once my seconds sort of got adept at my system they learn not to grab the end of the tape measure and run off and touch something with it they learn that you were just i'm just getting my own little reference in for my some head. reason you want the end in the middle of nowhere i do which is fine and that way i, I can't explain it okay but that's that's my little it's spatial your spatial reference. your reference in your brain that's a spatial reference right. on it for some for some reason that that mark some marks on your brain that I that works for me i don't necessarily recommend that for anyone else it's interesting though. it works for me in film it did not work so much transitioning into high def. Oh, it didn't. Oh. Um, because that is it, because it's so unforgiving. Mm. The 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 constant position of the pixels and the sharper, excuse me, the sharper lenses, the tighter circle of confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the tighter resolution, that all adds up to less depth of field. So it is very unforgiving, and I kind of kept getting burned uh, not having a visual reference of a monitor. Uh, there are some guys who are very gifted and who can just absolutely with certainty tell you that that, that particular subject is nine feet, three and two quarter, you know, two and a half inches away. I don't think I've met. Yes. Do the math on that. Nine feet, three and two and a half inches away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't, I knew, I knew yeah. what you were getting at. Uh, no, no, no. But I don't think I've worked with a, a first who didn't pull off a monitor. I, I can't remember when that was. Yeah. Um, even like. Uh, even like a monitor on the Preston. Mm -hmm. Some guys are doing that now. Yeah, 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 some, yeah. some girls are doing that. Most of them are just looking at a right. There are some 12 people. Or 15 inch there or are some people. I use a 17 inch. but um, 17, there you yeah, go. Yeah, well, you know, my eyes are kind of getting shot. Well, but, you're old. Yeah, exactly. You know, when you get in these advanced <laughs> years and you start to clear the cobwebs, then you can't focus the lenses in the eyes so, because they're all gummed up with freaking cobwebs. But... Um, <laughs> And cobwebs are just unused spider webs that have collected dust. So they're still kind of sticky. And, logic. Oh, God. So anyhow. <laughs> um, boy, oh, boy. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, uh, there are some focus pullers who who uh, who need to be by the focal plane of the lens, and they still sort of triangulate, mm -hmm. which, okay, great. That's what works for you. I don't need to be in the same room. That's not any better or worse as long as the result is good. Mm -hmm. and Have you had any com complaints from operators about, about that? Um, I've, I've had, no, not really. I've had, uh, I had someone who was concerned because they like to whisper little things, hey, I'm about to go to the such and such. Mm -hmm. But once you got the instinct, and the other thing is I do is I, I wear headsets. So because Context. The, 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 the dialogue or any other sounds that are happening on the set will often inform where your focus needs to be. Sure. And um, so I was in a different room and the operator, I was just coming in and covering someone. The operator was, you know, and it's an operator who used to be a first AC that I worked with a long, long, long time ago. Mm. Actually was where I met Josh Harrison was with this same guy. Oh, really? He was the first days of Ron, uh, Ron Schlager. And uh, Ron's a steady cam. I know guy, Ron. Yeah. So anyhow, he's now grown a mountain man beard. It, it he appears. used to have a mountain man beard back in oh, 1995. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it got shorter, but yeah, he used to have a big freaking beard back then. Um, and a tiny bit of hair, actually. But, um, uh, well, you know, says the guy who has enough hair for three or four people. You you know, do. Some people get brains, some get hair. What can I say? Um, <laughs> so... So uh, uh, I don't have a lot of hair, by the so way. So anyway, Ron just <laughs> went and you know went and grabbed the thing that he was going to grab, and I just instinctively pulled to it, and oh, but then he how was about cool. that? Yeah, right. then he's all right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like yeah, I just you know, well, what could you possibly be going for? Is probably the guy who was kind of foregroundish turning around, so he wanted to tag his tag his eyes. So right. boom, hit it. I, again, I can't explain how. It's just an instantaneous reaction. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the reaction is incorrect. Sure. Usually it's not. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I mean, so, you, you've been you've been doing good work for a long time. Yeah, so for a whatever while. you're doing is yeah, working. Yeah, for a little while. For a little while. Um, <laughs> Wait. So first time I worked on high def, I had an onboard monitor, and I would I would use that as a reference. And of course, I felt like I was cheating. I'm not supposed to be using this monitor. Mm. I should be able to. But you know, when we're doing a tight thing on hands passing off something on the other side of the room. At least it's the monitor tells you you're my level getting of, it. That's just outside my level of skill just to do it on the it. lens and hit you know, 99% of it. So 
Yeah, uh, I was using a monitor early on. And then nice. when I went in, I think I was helping them um, straighten out an eyepiece rig because I had figured out this eyepiece system for an operator named Andy Graham on, uh, I want to say on Californication, first season of Californication. And then I came in on season two on the first day. I didn't work on the show, but I stopped by the location to check out mm-hmm. what could I do to help with this eyepiece rig. Right. And uh, and the lead first on that, James Spratley, um, saying, hey, check this out. We're I'm not even in the same room. I'm using such and such monitor. Mm. Huh, that's crazy. Um, and then when I went to do Parenthood, might have been that season, um, uh the operator was going, wow, I'm not used to someone being on the camera. And I was still using a monitor, and I kept noticing I was missing things. So, mm. well, let's see if this Preston thing works. So you works. tried it. And so I tried it, and like, holy cow. Convert ever since, huh? Yeah. 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 So. Well, in the beginning, there was that, like, six or nine frame delay. Probably, yeah, perhaps. Um, but we would hard we'd hardwire, too. So only only in the last couple of years have I been using a transmitter receiver system, mm-hmm. while some other guys were using that box meridians or thinking, whatever. I'm thinking of Steadicam delay. I, yeah, yeah. You guys, well, you'd have you'd the have down, the converter. down converters and all of that. Yeah. So that's and then the wireless. Yeah. yeah. Which they're delay. They're yeah. They're none of them have delays anymore. I don't think. It's if it is, it's very a frame or two. Nothing and, you would notice. Yeah. yeah and. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I is used to be able to notice so in the rig. I mean, I would panda, you know, I'd like whip panda you, and you could see like, I'd stop and it'd be like, Whoa. yeah. Well, you'd also hear the motor turning too. You know, sometimes that little zip. You know, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear the motor turning. Oh, because you're so zenned in. I know. Hear the 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 mouse on the wheel in my yeah. head trying to figure yeah. out what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Not- um, no, hey, I wanted to. <laughs> we did. I think the only time we've worked together both in the camera department was on uh, was on that movie Big Stand yeah. where I be- I think we were at Cinegear and I got a call to work like starting yeah. Monday yeah yeah for like was it two weeks or a week I think it was a week in Stockton, California yeah. C camera in, Steadicam in, in yeah and uh, in that prison Vic Hammer DP yes yeah Victor yeah. um yeah, um, but we—they didn't get us a second, <laughs> right? And but yeah, I, I don't think a second is necessarily required by the letter of the on an additional camera type thing. Well, no, you're right. It was needed because yes, I course. ended up shooting all the splinter <laughs> units. Yeah, stuff. I do remember. I and do remember. All, what all we had was we had an eleven to one, uh-huh. and a and a um, handheld eleven to one. By the way. On the bus, I remember that. I do. It's the only <laughs> time I've ever done it. The only, and you know what? There was a good reason for that, Eric. Yeah. And I mean, totally. I don't. I think you'll agree with me. I, well, I don't know. I'd because at the time you were like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> well, I, okay. So the deal is this: for 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 those listening, we're doing a shot on a bus. It's over the star's right shoulder, out the window of the bus when he's driving to prison. Uh-huh. Okay, it's a very quick shot. You remember this? Uh huh. It's not the star. It's some some right, right. some stand-in, and in order to get sticks in there, which is the only thing we right. had, we would have absolutely had to remove a seat out of right. the bus. That's right. And we had one grip. Mm-hmm. We had a second unit director. We had mm-hmm. me and you. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
and not enough tools to do the job and yeah so much yeah. of yeah. and and I'd been on a job before I'd actually helped remove back in Florida yeah. a, a seat out of a school bus uh-huh it's after spending an hour and a half <laughs> underneath yeah. a f- school bus and being so covered in grease yeah. like I needed a shower I'm like this and that was with three people working on it yeah 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 anyway and so I said to Eric just just give it to me handheld and he goes what Really? There you go. You don't <laughs> and get a I, hero. That's your your funeral. And the thing no, was, no, what no, the no. first? It wasn't about that. It was. It no, wasn't. No, no. It, it was just it's what it a, takes to get the shot. It was just about getting the shot in a reasonable dangerous. amount of time. And it's not dangerous. So yeah. it, no, nothing dangerous about. Well, yeah. a little dangerous for my back, but well, you know. But um, you're a Steadicam guy. It's <laughs> you yeah, made your bed. Handheld's worse than the yeah. Steadicam, believe me. Yeah. But um, especially with a eleven to one. Do we do we do we have a thousand foot mag on that too? Well, no. I remember we had like probably. 75 or 100 feet left on that mag and then all you had loaded after that was 400 so you had to put a 400 on oh, i was wow. like i remember he had like a burrito and my arms were just uh-huh. struggling yeah you know it was it was um well we both struggled because i remember uh the um you had um, the monitor hung off the back i remember well, that. Uh, like, there was that but i also remember um uh we had to run the camera to the other side of a ditch and i'm i'm like I got the camera on with the lens and the mag on, on the head, sticks, crossing, and then, oops, balance is gone. I'm oh, I'm about to go down, and then Brad to the rescue, boom, didn't fall in the ditch. So <laughs> I've been meaning to thank you for that. I man. think hey, I said so it. I, I appreciate that. No, my, my <laughs> I think I said at the time, I'm like, I'm a mediocre operator, but I'm a pretty good second. Because <laughs> I was getting, I mean, I remember I was getting stuff. Yeah. Not on the second unit parts, but when we were just picking up other shots, I was yeah. well. Whenever it was, I was carrying cases and yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, totally, totally, totally. it's just a matter we of like the roof of that, uh, the roof of that. Oh god. Okay, yeah. so the roof of that thing. And by the way, that before we get into what I know you were thinking of. Well, I was thinking. I was just talking about getting up there and getting all the stuff. Oh um, well, that was whatever brutal. was happening on the field. That's in the movie and uh, for the viewing public to. Uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. I just remember. They called lunch. Uh-huh. I think it was the first day we were on that roof. Yeah. They called lunch, and we we come down the ladder. We get all our stuff down. Or we left out. I can't remember whatever it was. Yeah. But you said, I'm going to go find the bathroom. And uh-huh. we were at a women's prison. And I realized, I'm like, huh, I've had at least nine bottles of water. Yeah. And I haven't peed all day. Yeah. And I don't even... And I told... I was like... I may as well just go with you. And, yeah. uh, and it was like iced tea. And I'm like, oh, I need to drink more water. Yeah. It was bad. And yeah. you taught me the trick about sticking my arms in the. Right, right. That's coolest... how I used to do that in Florida. Oh, it's great. Our, I still do it to this day. Yeah. Our coolest day on that job on that week, uh-huh. if memory serves, was 109. Yeah, that sounds about right. And no cover, almost no cover yeah. anywhere. We that were sounds about right. out in the sun. Yeah. And so. And people were, we had, the, they had the pool, the, like the, oh, the cooling, cooling pool. pool. Oh, with a people, medic. Yeah. For people who were uh, having heat strokes. Which some had people been many. went to, some people went to hospitals. Remember Kevin, yeah. the, the, yeah. the, the yeah. A first almost um, fell with, oh my goodness. Kevin Haggerty. Yeah. Yes. Nice guy. I like yes. him. Yeah. Um, Dan's, Dan's brother. I don't know Dan Haggerty. Dan Haggerty. Uh, what was the, what was the Grizzly Adams? What? Uh, Grizzly Adams, a 70s TV show. I know the show. Yeah. Dan was that Hag- the star of it? Yeah. Dan Haggerty was the star of that. And, that and was, Kevin's his brother? Kevin's brother, yeah. Wow. I had no idea. <laughs> S- small yeah. world. Um, well, that's weird. Um, 
no, 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 but we are on that roof. Mm-hmm. And we're shooting that crowd scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think I talked about this with somebody and I said I should have Eric on because he tells the story better. So I wanted to make no, sure. No, I, no, no. Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to throw anyone under the. No, there's uh, no under, bus under, to be under a school bus. There's so. no bus. As you a matter of fact, so. if you want to if you want to not say a name, that's fine. <laughs> I'll probably just say it and said it's not. Imp- it's it's just. Yeah. It's it's not bad about the person. Yeah, no, 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 no. And okay. actually, he had the it, it was it was the director, but yeah, he was having a, a little bit of a heat stroke and heaving his guts out, and but still trying to get the damn movie done. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and Eric says to me, "Oh, look at that!" And I look over and he's yeah. And, and what was your line? Uh, no, no, no. Well, come on. Well, he's 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 not a he's not a uh, he's not a very tall man. Yeah, he's, he's small. He's, yeah, small. You, you and he would not look at each other eye to eye standing up. No, we, we didn't. Un, unless, no, no. unless, and not, 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 not in terms of uh, artistic uh, choices, but you know, he might be looking right into your chest. And <laughs> so, if you had a bucket about his size, you might have, you might have filled it. He might have filled it up with his own. I'm like, how does he, someone have that much inside him? He well, overfilled. No wonder he's no wonder he's sick. He's got a stomach full of puke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I never heard that one before. That's pretty good. I just remember he sat down on that on that picnic table, yeah. pointing away from set, and yeah. just let it fly. Yeah. And then nobody even noticed until, yeah. um, like his yoga instructor or something yeah. came over something to try like yeah. like, tap pat him on the back. Yeah. But uh, and then he was in the hospital the next day. It wasn't the next day, was it? I think it was the next day. He was in the hospital. He we, wasn't there. He got an his, IV the one day. The last his, day he went to the hospital. Well, his brother covered him for a day. His brother was producing. That was the, the very last day. The very last day. No, he was there because the last scene that we shot uh-huh. was a, a. It was it was inside for a change. That's so now right. it was now it's only 108 degrees. <laughs> and noticeably cooler, I might add. I forgot about this. And it's a guy kind of mopping a floor and dancing with the mop or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and then once that was done, that's a picture wrap. Lots of applause. The director wanted one more shot, I so he's like, he's like, come on, no, one more, a- extra credit. <laughs> and uh, um. I remember you Victor's know, like, go find somewhere good. And I'm like, I don't, like, we've been out yeah, shooting second unit. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what to, yeah. and we're, we're, no dolly, no grip with us the whole mm-hmm. time. So yeah. it's me and you lugging that thing. Yeah. It's fine. I know, I know. It's hey, just, we wanted to be in show business, man. Man. <laughs> What's that old line about the guy who scoops out? Oh, yeah, food, yeah. Right? Well, I'd get out of show business. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's just it's just weird. Yeah. It's just weird. But Vic Hammer on that movie taught me. Remember, we sat there with him. We shot a sunset. That was one of the right, shots he wanted. Right, 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 right. And he came over. They were all going to lunch, I think. Right. And we were shooting it. And he came over and he's like, "Here, if you let's just drop this this way and put that. I like that little flare here." And right, right. So he had asked me to do it, and then you and I went over to do it. And then he just kind of came over and spent his lunch, like teaching us stuff, yeah. well, teaching well, me stuff, just making a couple of adjustments. And that was the sun setting, and then a bus driving by, kind of in silhouette. Oh yeah, that's right. The... We had buses yeah. going by. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, no, it was just it was just kind of it was just kind of cool because yeah. he he didn't know me from Adam, right? And the and the other operator um, introduced me to him, even though you probably don't remember this. Huh. <laughs> he um. The other operator met us first. 
mm-hmm. came in and we're like, where is everybody? Yeah, we yeah. didn't know anything. I said, hey, I'm Brad. I'm Was CG. it Ross? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, you didn't want to admit any name names. Okay. Well, it's All fine. Right. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say Ross is it. a damn fine operator, I must say. He is a good he operator. Is. He is. I met him on uh, on ER when they came to uh, when they came to Orlando for an episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I pulled on B camera on that. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, well, he... So... You needed to stay behind and just, I can't remember what you were doing, like just fixing the cart right. And he said, why don't you, he goes, Brad, why don't you come out with me and meet Victor? Uh-huh. And I said, okay. So we walked out and they, they were out there in the field. And he said, Victor, um, uh, this is Brad. He's our C camera second and walked away. <laughs> you didn't know this? No. Oh, I never told you that. Oh, uh, wow. And I was like, actually, I'm your C camera operator. And he was cool. Yeah, yeah, Victor yeah, yeah. was very nice yeah. and treated me great the whole time yeah he's a and, super guy you know if, uh, c- compared to the guys working with him I'm, I was a pretty young guy right as, as to come in as an operator and he tr- he treated me super great yeah, and trusted me to go out yeah I mean he I guess he had no choice trusted me to go out and shoot this second unit stuff at the same time unit. he also chose not to micromanage any of that and well that's and what he, I and he handled it and he handled it well and um, I, I I imagine he was looking at dailies I'm sure there was a couple of day turnaround uh, being up in Stockton, yeah, um, there was probably a lab in but, San Fran. Right? Yeah, I, I don't recall. I don't recall where the lab or was. Sacramento or something. Yeah, I don't recall. Yeah, but um, um, no, I, uh, there was there was no friction at all. No, between you guys. No, no, he None. was cool. Absolutely. He just he's just been around the block a hundred times. You could tell. And, you know, he yeah. gave me a big hug when yes. we left. Yeah. You remember that? I do remember that. I, I was like, shit, he gave me a big yeah, hug. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they got hugging back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny, too, because Victor is not a super tall guy either. I no. mean, I, I don't I have no idea how tall he is. But being six, five, it's like mm-hmm. very often, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> if yeah. you're hugging a dude like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um. No, that was fun though. Yeah, I, I was actually I was in St. Bart's uh, a, f- a couple of years after that, and uh, just on a vacation down there, and we stopped into a store to to stock up on I don't know beer maybe, and uh, wine. It's a French island, so wine. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had some uh, they had some DVDs there. Uh, perusing the deal, I wasn't gonna buy anything, but let's see. And Big Stan was one of those DVDs down there in down there in St. Bart's in <laughs> two thousand. Nine, that's so funny. Like that. Yeah. When were we down there? Oh seven, I think. What us in uh, Stockton? That yeah, maybe. No, uh, no. Actually, it was before that. Um, I'd say oh four, oh five. No. Well, I met my wife in oh six. Well, it might have been the end of oh five. Yeah. Well, it would have been the summer. Well, the summer, right? It would have been the summer. Yeah. So oh, oh 05 or oh 06. Well, I just remember the whole reason I was C-Cam or Steadicam was because it was A-Steady, then they hired a backup B-Steady, and they were so sure that doing Steadicam would kill one of us, mm-hmm. or maybe two, that they hired three rigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mine never came out of the cases. I don't even think we charged Actually, the batteries. Sounds, that sounds about right, yeah. You didn't do any Steadicam up there. No, well, I mean, yeah. we would have had so much time in advance. I forget who the B-Operator was, but he was... He never even used the rig. I yeah. think he's out of study him now. But um, yeah, he's a super nice guy. But um, yeah. but we would have known because they would have gone to him, and then we could have said, okay, well, we better charge some batteries. <laughs> yeah, <and> exactly. <laughs> but 
Yeah, you were <coughs> fly, you were you were on that old uh, that uh, that my uh, master. master. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I used for a very very long time. It was yeah. a great rig, but yeah. um, uh, no um, what was I getting at? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I remember what it was. So the UPM after we do that, mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe I never did paperwork or something. But he had me come into their office like that mm. next Monday or Tuesday. Right. Up in Stockton or down no, no, here no, no, in LA? They yeah. Were, yeah. And um, it was in Burbank or something. Right. And he's like, oh, come in. I'm like, okay. So I go in and I do whatever paperwork. I must have missed something or didn't or whatever. Right. <clears throat> and I give them the invoice and he stuff. Oh, oh, well. And it was like a super cheap, like it was it was like um, a lowered rate. Mm-hmm rental rate mm-hmm. <clears throat> and i totally understood why yeah, it's it like all, hey it you're the budget. second backup yeah. if we use you it'll go on to normal yeah. rate but like right can can we just and it was i think it was i don't i anyway it was an x amount right for for uh uh um for the whole week right if i didn't use it well then i then i go in there and the guy's like um and i remember his name richard something i can't mm. remember um He's like, oh, well, you know, you didn't even use a Steadicam, so let's just, we're going to cut your rental in half. We're only blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, that wasn't a rental. That was a just-in-case holding fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you didn't even use it. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That was the whole point. Right. If I'd used it, you told me it would have been more. And we had agreed on that. Well, yeah, but we didn't time. use it. So, yeah. and I was like, dude, no. Yeah. You fucking told me it's yeah. this much money. Ooh, and that's how. for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's what I said to him. Yeah. You fucking told me uh-huh. this was the amount. My virgin ears. We were going to. <laughs> <laughs> we, we made a deal. Right. Now you're trying to renege on the deal after the job is right, over. Right. Get the hell out yeah. of my. Get, like, not, no a good, not a good way to do business. He's like, whoa. And I was like, no, yeah. no, you're paying me full rate. Yeah. And of course, I never heard from him again, but they paid full rate. Yeah. I mean, they put, they paid, they what paid they what you had agreed to. They paid me exactly yeah. what they'd owe me. Yeah. And um, I think he tried to do it with the other guy, too. I don't know if that mm. guy got screwed or not, but uh, I don't know. But yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, what else? Um, hmm. I, th- I think that's it, buddy. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll throw, I'll throw uh, you know, since I do get long-winded and all this, I'll throw one little story out that, that is Lay it on me. A, a, fine, a fine example of, uh, of where gratitude will take you. Okay. And, and it's a thing that, you know, people who know me or, or have seen me, like, teaching younger folks – who are coming up in the business, it's a story I'll often tell them. And it's a true story um, that happened when I was uh, in the process of moving out here from Florida. Mm. Um, business and the reason I came here was because business in Florida was so had gotten Same progressively worse. Here, it yes. had gotten progressively worse. Very bad. Yes. Um, and my income from 2000 to 2001 uh, dropped by more than half. Mm. And so I didn't see, I didn't see, uh, uh, a long-term, a long-term uh, viability staying there. Understood. So I came out. Uh, so I came out here, but I maintained contacts in Florida, and I would go back and do commercials if they were two days or longer, mm. because I'm still working locally. I still maintained an address there, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get established here. So two days would mean 
One three days day. of work, a prep right. day, and that prep day would cover my airline fees um, or you know rental car or whatever. Sure. And my sisters live in uh, Daytona. I always had a place to stay. Oh, that's cool. So uh, I went back in uh, uh, February to do an orange juice spot, and um, of uh, February of uh, two thousand three uh, to do an orange juice spot, and Monster was shooting in Central Florida. Now, I had known Monster was coming. I knew it was independent film, and it was a lower-budget thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the market was depressed, and so everyone's trying to get on that film because it's the only show in town. It's the only thing running for it's more the, than a couple of days. It's the only thing in town. Yeah. And, um, and so... And that was I'm in like, Daytona a lot too. Yeah, yeah. The the it's even more fine, yeah. I <laughs> I got more stories for another uh, for another thing about uh, Daytona, <laughs> um, my hometown too. But um, the uh, uh, so people are people are uh, um, um, scrambling to get on the to get on the show. Sure. I knew it was coming. Um, okay, you guys you guys sort that out amongst yourselves. I'm going to California. And uh, so I never tried to get on the film. You didn't even get in the film. Never, never sent a resume in, never called anyone. Right. I knew who the production manager was, who also, uh, a guy named Craig Richards. Um, oh, I know Craig. He, he worked in other departments as well in Florida. But, Gaffer. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he was the UPM on it? Yeah, he was the production manager. I didn't manager know that. Monster. Wow. And, um, and the DP, uh, um, I don't recall if it was Tom or Tony. I don't recall. Tom. Richmond. Yeah, was the original DP, and because I know about this, because I've because I know Tom a little bit, too. right? Yeah. So, for whatever reason, somebody was not as happy as maybe they felt like they should be, mm -hmm. and so they opted to replace the DP, and that transition was happening while I was doing my little commercial over the weekend, and uh, for a couple of days during the transition, the A operator Steve Campbell. Um, shot for a couple of days or whatever on Monster until the new DP came in. The new DP was Steve Bernstein. Mm -hmm. And Steve is a big personality. He's a very colorful guy. And not everyone agrees with his, you know, his Style. methods or whatever. Right. So he had already been in Orlando a few years before. He had shot uh, The Waterboy. In Orlando, oh, we shot Waterboy. Oh. Some people were very happy, loved Steve. Some people did not. Mm -hmm. So be it. Just the way it is. In the world. Yeah, yeah, so be it. Um, I'm the kind of guy who I like to make my own opinions about people. So I heard I got a call saying, you know, hey, you know, something might be happening. Yeah, this guy Steve Bernstein's coming in to cover. I'm like, oh, okay, great, good for y'all. I'm good luck. I'm going to do this. I'm doing LA. this. <laughs> right. I'm doing this commercial, and then my second on the commercial, uh, another guy in Orlando, Robert Velicky. Uh, you know, he's going to help me load my U-Haul because I had all my stuff in storage in Orlando at that point. Oh, so you got, since you had flown yeah. out, you were going to bring a bunch. Yeah, back I'm just going to drive my U-Haul back uh, back to L.A. And so, um, as it happened, at that time, the rental house—it was Panavision, Florida—was um, hmm. There was, at that time, they were going through some transitions in the company, mm -hmm. and their, the quality control suffered a little bit. Mm. And, uh, and the camera package for the spot over the weekend was Panavision gear, and it worked flawlessly. Mm -hmm. 
And so since I was going to Orlando anyway, it was, like I say, I was staying in Daytona. Since I was going to Orlando anyway to, excuse me, to load my U-Haul, mm-hmm. the storage unit was not far from Panavision, Florida. Mm-hmm. I'll stop into Panavision and thank the guys. Mm-hmm. I don't ever return equipment on a commercial, but it's my time. I'll just go in and thank the guys. And you're leaving town yeah. anyway, so it's like... And hey, so I, I stopped you. in, but right. the only reason I stopped in was because the equipment worked well, and so I wanted to thank them. Mm-hmm. And while I was in there, hey, thanks, guys. Everything was so fantastic. In walks Craig Richards, mm-hmm. UPM on Monster, and uh, and the new lead first AC, a woman named Paige Thomas, mm. who is an operator now. And um, uh, they were changing some gear out. Steve wanted to change from uh, Panaflexes to movie cams or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so they were changing some gear out, and Craig was coming in to just work out the deal on that. And, of course, he saw me. We hadn't seen each other in a while. Hey, what's going on? What's going mm-hmm, on? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm moving to California. I'll leave here. Go load up my U-Haul. And Craig, you know, okay, how's your movie going? Well, you know, we're changing DPs. we got Steve Bernstein. Oh, great. Well, good for you guys. Hey, best of luck on your show. And, um, you know, we'll see you around the corner. And uh, that little familiarity, um, Craig called me the following morning. Hey, can you come out here tonight? Can you work tonight? And so that's how I got on Monster. That's so funny. All right? And then I wound up doing all of the second unit on Monster and most of the B camera Mm. on Monster. I didn't get the credit for B camera. You know who got the credit? Josh Harrison. I Did brought, you really? I brought Josh Harrison in on the last day. Get out of here. On the last day <laughs> of the of the film. The last day. Hey, Josh, Josh happened to be in town. He was doing another commercial. Hey, are you available for such and such a night? Yeah, Josh comes in. He works. He does a couple of shots. He gets the B camera credit in the film. So, right on, brother. Get um, out of here. I got the A camera on the second unit, but uh, for the record. That's so funny. Most of it was mine. We've had it. We've had uh, a couple people clear yeah. clear things up before. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, but anyhow, but anyhow, that that I've I've since traveled the world with that DP. Yeah, sure. I've worked in India. I've worked in uh, in uh, Hong Kong. Uh, well, Hong Kong was with Toby. Oh, um, right. Sorry. But uh, I've worked in Vancouver. Mm. I did five and a half months in Vancouver with mm. Steve, um, and uh, and a number of projects around here. And um, uh, and then I helped Steve with his uh, directorial debut when he directed uh, um, Decoding Annie Parker, a film that he wrote, an mm. independent thing that he had uh, that he had produced. And and a second unit DP guy, Livney. I've done a number of projects with Guy, um, and all of that Is came from, from that one moment. Came from saying thank you to sure. someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was life changing. Right. So. Right, right, right. Because you um, decided that you needed to say thanks to the. And, and I wasn't looking for, you no, know, I hey, maybe it. this will help. No, my you career. just went in to say. I just went to say and thanks. you knew the guys, too. Yeah. And hey, thanks, guys. Yeah. Everything was yeah, great. Whatever you guys are doing, love it, man. See thanks you next so time I'm in town. Yeah. Right. And, um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was a career changing, life changing, uh, life changing so thing. So. No, yeah. that's great. That's really good. I, I have no stories like that. <laughs> I'm sure you do. But you have great stories, and I knew you'd tell yeah, a bunch of them. Spinning and, a yarn, man. <clears throat> well, you spun. <laughs> you definitely spun. Well, you know, you fill in uh, you fill in a lot of details, and 
you know, whatever. I no, think it, I, I think it paints a more thorough picture. So. No, I totally enjoyed it, and and I appreciate that you didn't want to like talk about knob turning the whole time. No, 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 no. Because, but uh, if you want to finish on that, on that, so you backing up, twisted till it's sharp. Okay, I was doing a series with I was doing a TV series it was two years ago uh-huh. with uh, Dermot Mulroney. Okay, okay, and Dermot is also a filmmaker himself. He's not just an actor, uh-huh. and uh, he had done uh, some some independent film or whatever in another part of the country. I forget where, and uh, he was you know he he came over to say and we're midway through the show. He came over to say, God, you guys are so freaking good." on your focus you know in such and such a part of the country where when you know we had so many problems we had to reshoot so many scenes Mm -hmm. because of missed focus and you guys are just so on it and i said well thanks you know thanks for uh, noticing that but really it's not a big deal you just see a little knob right there you just twist it till it's sharp and he's oh that's fine i said no it's really and and the same thing can apply to acting you just twist it till it's sharp (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he starts cracking up and says, I got to tell my wife that I got to tell my manager that one. Yeah. So uh, that's yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, just twist it till it's sharp. <laughs> it's your new mantra. huh? Yeah. Something like that. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we'll end it. Thanks, right, Eric. Cool. Hey, thank you, man. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Man. Groovy and, catching up too, dude. Hey, it was, it was super fun. I know I haven't seen you yeah, in a long time. It's been a week or two. <laughs> a lot longer or than 12. that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, we'll we'll uh we'll have to work together soon. Yeah, one or of at these least days, drink yeah. drink beer. Yeah, together. drink beer. You know, uh, uh, throw some poker chips around the table or something. Ah, yes, ah. for sure. Yeah. All right, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Take care, man. <laughs> so that was Eric Emerson. That was fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. Hope you did too. Um, you know, we talked about the water cooler trick, and it's not really important, but um, he did teach me a great trick when it's really hot out. You have those crafty, those giant white crafty coolers and that ice melts and turns to water. And what what he would do, and I now subsequently do because of him, you stick your arms in that cooler up to your, past your elbow. And that, that, that blood pumping back to your heart is so much cooler, you can feel your body cool down. So anyway, that's just a good, that's a good tip. Um, thanks to Eric for that one. Um, yeah, that's it. I hope you enjoyed the show and catch you next week. If you'd like to contact me, you can do so at walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com.